Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to a special Leadership Summit edition of the IAB UK podcast, brought to you in partnership with Zander, a technology platform powering a global marketplace for premium advertising. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, with all the updates, best bits and salacious gossip emerging from the industry's annual pilgrimage to Sopwell House for our 2022 Leadership Summit. After an in-person fallow year due to COVID, COVID, the IAB returned to Leafy Hertfordshire for the sixth annual Leadership Summit, a two-day gathering of industry leaders who come together to discuss and address the big topics we're all wrestling with today, be that measurement, hybrid work, regulation, privacy, identity, and an increasingly uncertain political backdrop. As well as getting elbow deep in all the aforementioned, there was plenty of inspiration aimed specifically at leaders on the menu, as we heard from Paralympians on building resilience, body language experts on why pit bearing, particularly in men, is an absolute no-no, and the creme de la creme of agency land, alongside some of the biggest and most exciting brands in the UK. So we'll start by meeting a smattering of the 160 or so guests at Leadership Summit, with them giving us a sense of what they're focused on right now. Bill Swanson, I work for RSTV and I run their European business. Our business is really to establish in market the understanding of the importance of contextual targeting within video and CTV. My name's Chris Hogg. I'm Global Platform Sales Director at Lotomy. The biggest priority for most of our businesses at the moment is obviously to keep generating technology that works across all platforms, cookie-less environment. I think the biggest thing that we talk about as a business is how do we build privacy from the ground up in our products? How do we make sure that we're always putting the consumer first? whilst at the same time enabling our customers to continue to get value out of our products. I'm Christine Armstrong and I'm a researcher into the future of work and I vlog and speak on those subjects. So today we were talking about the amazing opportunity that there is to reinvent the world of work at this moment and we were talking about some of the pitfalls that are already emerging. So I think we have this amazing, incredible change and we can capitalise on it and make work better for a lot of people. However, we've got to work through some of the details and we don't know all the answers yet but we were talking about you know, people not liking hot desking, not liking their lockers being taken away, talking about the challenges for leaders who feel less in control and a bit more stress. We were talking about how policies are finding it really hard to include everyone. You know, we're talking about people who just don't turn up in the office or people who turn up every day and how we work out the fairness of that. So we're exploring all of those issues, having a bit of a laugh about some of them and talking about some of the solutions that leaders might be thinking about at the moment. Irene Rahman, Chief Data and Technology Officer for PhD. Well, this year, next year and following year is essentially how we can collect, connect and measure data through our various different methodologies and the obstacles that we're going to face due to cookie-less world and how we evaluate success for clients. I'm Jazz Alawalia. I'm a director at Xander. I work in our London office. I think for us, I'd put down the priorities into a few different orders. So identity is obviously important for everyone. I think up until now, the conversation has very much been around identifiers and what we can do to sort of replicate a cookie, for want of a better word of saying it. But we're sort of predicting that only 20% of the inventory that we will see will have some kind of identifier. So we're looking forward to seeing the conversation move to the 80% of inventory where the lack of identifier means that 
we're going to see an increase in data science type of solutions to find value in those impressions. There's products we're working on, such as like model audiences, being more predictive and bringing value to those impressions. One of the key things that we're working on is educating brands on, you need more than a DSP. DSPs have kind of largely become commoditized. So for us, we have Xander Create. Xander Create gives the ability to create a marketplace approach which allows a brand to be true to its brand values as opposed to the kind of vanity metrics that we see today. Hi, my name's Nusha and I work at TikTok. I think actually it's just trying to show up as like a credible partner that is actually not only being there for users, but also brands, advertisers, the community, you know, trying to make your space in a very busy world and trying to have an impact on culture and create a moment of happiness and joy is actually a really fundamental aim for the business and it's something that we all really want to try and help achieve. Hi, I'm uh, Johnny Sturgis and I am Advertising Demand Lead at JW Player across EMEA and LATAM. So our priorities, we're quite uh, an established business, particularly from a publisher standpoint, but we've relatively recently in the last year and a half, two years, created an ad product, which is cookie-less, privacy-first online video offering across our network of publishers that work with our video technology. So my priority and my team's priority from an ad perspective is basically to try and drive as much growth as possible over the next year make ourselves famous across the industry, go out and basically bang the drum for JW Player for advertisers and agencies. Hi, my name is Raphael Trippet. I am the managing director for the demands team in Europe at TripleLift. So our biggest priority are precisely aligned with the two uh, big trends and disruptions I just described. So the first priority is really about hiring and expanding across Europe and through that process, redefining who we are as an employer and what we really stand for as a human company. And the second priority is to be actively ready for a digital future without third-party cookies. TripleLift has developed a real portfolio approach to privacy and identity that we know will cover the full spectrum of options buyers and publishers will have come 2024. Uh, We are, for example, actively building support for leading ID solutions that have steady adoption in the industry. We are obviously supporting and building support for Google's privacy sandbox. We are also building solutions that will enable publishers and advertisers to leverage the first-party data. And then finally, around contextual targeting, who we think will become critical to a future with a third-party cookies, we are also building technology to support um, contextual advertising. Things like integrating industry standard contextual taxonomies, creating contextual deal packages, and enabling open exchange buying based on, on contextual data. Niall Moody, I'm the Managing Director at Nano Interactive. Really, it's about expansion and growth at the moment. So we are, we've built a platform that we're quite proud of. We look at um, positioning ourselves pretty much in the zeitgeist at the moment. So looking at identity-free targeting. What we've done is built a strong kind of network across the UK, but we want to expand. And so we see that in a number of different ways, naturally with more customers, hopefully, and more clients and revenue. But it's also working with different partners, so integrating our platform into DSPs, SSPs, making ourselves more available that way. And then looking at how we grow into other markets. So we've worked with advertisers you know, across the globe, but actually having presence in APAC and US and, and things like that. So growth really is, is probably the biggest one, but I suppose that's, that's everyone's, isn't it? 
Hi, my name's Sally Keane and I'm Head of Sales for Northern Europe at Spotify. We are looking to increase our advertising revenue from 10 to at least 20% this year. So with that comes a lot of investment from the business, especially in the advertising business. And with that comes a lot of investment in regards to products, people and technology. Hello, my name's Pete Wallace. I am SVP of Sales for Amir at GumGum. For us as a business, it's a variety of things. There's been a huge evolution of the ecosystem recently, whether that be privacy, measurement, or consumer preference. It's trying to align all of those things into a core, simple offering that is future-proofed and gets us through the constantly changing ecosystem. Well, I think it's something that Reach come along to uh, quite often. Uh, My role is Head of Programmatic Sales, biggest priority this year we have a big product called mantis which is a contextual tool we're trying to take that out to the market as software as a solution trying to make that global and sell that out to more people that's going to be big for us and then of course the whole big identity piece and how we're going to navigate that reach are in a good place i believe because obviously we have i think seven million email addresses Obviously, we have a relationship with LiveRamp and our, our Lotomy DMP. So the idea being there'll be a reach ID that we'll be able to utilise. Next, we got all future-facing and asked attendees what it was on their horizon that they were most excited about. There really are two big trans events that I'm personally excited about. The first is the intense competition for true digital talent that we're going through at the moment that I know will continue over the coming years. So with demand growing for digital expertise, companies across the globe, including TripleLift, are struggling to find and retain talent. But I think what's really exciting about this trend is that this is forcing for the first time in decades a total rethink of companies' real value proposition to employees and really putting employees' work-life balance at the center of it all. And then the second big event that's exciting about what's coming up is obviously what's awaiting us in the deprecation of third-party cookies and mobile ad IDs. So very often, major positive changes in our industry start with solving an important challenge or fixing a recurring problem, so consumer privacy in that case. And this huge disruption will act often as a reset button. And in this particular case, it will you know, help certain players within digital advertising, uh, you know, kind of change where they are on the ladder and offer new opportunities for small and big players, you know, for new ideas and basically help, um, you know, having a healthy new competition. I think just generally it's always change, always agile in terms of your approach. The fact that with the space we're in is that the cookies are going. Obviously cookies have been going for a long time and that's going to have a massive impact on supply and demand. And then for us, we sit on both sides of the market. So it's just interesting to see how that all plays out. I think you heard a lot today. It's just how fast this industry is. And, you know, every day that yeah, you open up the trade press, there's something new and there's always challenges. And I guess it's really to continue to make our product relevant, make our company relevant. We've been around for, you know, since 2006 and, you know, to keep our products at the forefront of the industry and just the challenge of the industry in general is really what we strive to deliver. There's quite a few exciting things happening, but once again, being a geek, it's very important for me to stay true to my cause, which is the technology innovations that we have available to us at the moment. It really excites me in the sense that just outside of media, if you look at it, we have DeepMind doing excellent work and modelling on 
creating mini suns in in the planet and you know from a scientific modeling point of view deep mind has done a you know fantastic job with uh, your james webb space telescope so things which are outside of it but how do we bring that in into more practical usage which are not theoretical so the model that they used for example for lining data points in sky you can use a similar sort of you know process for aligning audience data so something that, I, you know, I find really interesting, but then again, I'm mighty boring, I've been told. <laughs> I think retail media is one that really excites me. So we're seeing a lot of opportunity now. I think timing is right. So again, we bring this back and everything largely comes back to the death of the cookie. But it's creating an opportunity for these large retailers who have essentially a closed loop ecosystem. So this closed loop ecosystem that they have allows them to not only build sophisticated audiences using the data that they see, but also take that a step further. They have the sales transactional data. They can go all the way through to attribution in a way that a conversion pixel cannot. I'll give you an example. If you take me, I do a weekly shop online. That retailer has all this data on me. They're able to see what's in my shopping basket. They're also able to tell from that that perhaps I'm into healthy foods. I also have a family. So there's some odd stuff on my shopping list that my kids would have, which maybe don't quite sit with me. That's a lot more powerful than perhaps the traditional way of looking at me as a consumer. So you take that a step further and the value exchange that occurs between a brand and a retailer becomes powerful as well. So they have this this data. The value exchange between the brand and the retailer is quite powerful because they're able to bring new ways of looking at this data from them. Say I'm a drinks company and I want to launch a new brand or a new healthy energy drink the retailer is able to kind of pull audiences together that match the profile of that. It could be myself caught up in that. It could be someone else. But they're also able to kind of then see, did the campaign work? Have I now purchased this product? Am I repeat purchasing this product in a way that we can't do with traditional metrics today? Um, You just have to see what the likes of, I guess, Boots and others are doing in this market, what Carrefour is doing with us in the French market. It feels like the timing is right. Amazon and Walmart have proved the model to be quite successful. But now with marketplace products such as Xander Create, we're able to essentially make that more accessible to other retailers and other brands and allow them to to create the value that they're looking for from their data. I get excited about everything. I love content. I love entertainment. I think for me, not to do a little bit of spoiler because I obviously work at TikTok, but community commerce and how everything is all sort of being combined in terms of shopping, retail, the entertainment and digital experience. It's going to be really interesting to see how everyone navigates that and how everyone can kind of show up in that space and democratise selling, entertaining, shopping. So I'm, I'm super interested to see where that goes. I think obviously the impending deprecation of the cookie across Chrome is massive. I come from a, an agency background and I know that the entire agency marketplace and clients have to think really hard about how they adapt to this new world been massively reliant on third-party data and cookies throughout you know their entire sort of careers in advertising particularly across digital obviously so that is a huge development going forward and, and really sort of putting in place these cookie-less and, and, and privacy first strategies is of utmost importance. I think a couple of years ago maybe two or three when we took stock of our business and our, our direction of travel we, we kind of we looked at a few pillars of change really things that were driving change and we've spoken about a few of them already today 
So one was about the kind of the regulations, so things like GDPR in the UK and also you know other regulations across the world. One being ecosystem changes, so things like deprecation of third-party cookie, you know, Apple making changes, consent mechanisms and things like that. And the third one being consumer sentiment. So people just didn't want to be tracked. And we've kind of touched on a few of those things today. So that kind of set us on a path where we, we felt that actually the idea of, of being able to sort of to deliver targeting kind of identity-free way was, was a way where you didn't necessarily have to be impacted by all those changes. You could deliver effective advertising without those things. And what we're finding now, and the thing that I'm finding exciting, to go back to your question, is people are starting to to really stand up. So whilst there's been stages of execution, for example, with Google, people are really starting to, to start to test new things, to learn new things, to collaborate, although that's an uh, overused word, they're starting to collaborate with different things. I'm really excited by what, what comes next. I'm, I generally I get quite interested and geeky about hearing about new tech and different ways of doing things. I really like the way that earlier on, there was a reference to walking towards your challenges and not away from them. I'm excited about seeing what, what comes next. People running towards those challenges, trying to address the right things and you know, not necessarily measuring things, but you can, but trying to fix solutions that are actually real. So it's that collaboration, it's exciting and, and the pace of innovation is probably the most exciting thing. So I am super excited about the evolution of podcast advertising. So at Spotify, we are just about to introduce CTA cards, which have launched in the US, which is clickable podcast advertising, which are in the audio feed. And we are just super excited here to to learn more about it. It's launched in the US. It's launching in the UK in a few weeks. We've had great feedback from it from our advertisers. What I'm extremely excited about is the emergence of new platforms and how as an industry we're going to work into all of those new platforms. So we've talked today already about the metaverse, we sort of, you know, when you think about the growth of in-game advertising, lots and lots of new platforms. It'll be super exciting to see within a world where we are privacy first, how businesses continue to work into that and evolve around those new platforms. Next up, we get the 101 Explainer on Town Halls, a format we've run to brilliant effect since the very first Leadership Summit. Here, we split away from the main speaker agenda and invite smaller groups to talk openly on one particular topic. At their very best, Town Halls are a spicy affair with counterpoint and disagreement aplenty. Of course, all done extremely cordially and in the spirit of finding solutions. Here's the four town hall hosts to explain more, and joining them is Meta's Nick Pestel, talking about their exclusive Getting Into the Metaverse session. I'm Chloe Nichols, Head of AdTech at the IAB. The town hall that I'm doing is on identity, and it's really looking at the conflicts between a privacy-focused tech era that we're in, as well as still being able to have the level of addressability that we currently do with targeting and how, although they may seem like slightly different motivations for how we operate, we want to ensure that they both uh, coexist in the future. I'm Sophia and I'm the Director of Transformation at the IAB, uh, which means I run the Inclusion, Diversity and Equity Group and work on other work streams to help people thrive. 
So today we've been talking about how we make this industry a better place to work against a backdrop of people perhaps resigning, great resignation on the back of COVID, people evaluating their lives, but also how the industry can be better at sort of retaining talent and recruiting talent. So today we were discussing some of the common situations our members find themselves in as people are working hybrid and how to galvanise people to work together, but also have the flexibility that we've all come to enjoy and thrive with. Uh, we also talked about the fact that we could share a lot from what the companies are doing to help learn maybe what things work and maybe also what things haven't worked so well in getting the best out of staff and ensuring that people develop their careers. I'm Christy, Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs at the IAB. So the town hall that I'm hosting is about standards. Um, It's very broad, actually, so um, that could be anything from sort of technical standards that Tech Lab looks after to TAG standards and certifications to the IAB UK gold standard. Really, it's about trying to get underneath kind of whether we've got the right standards, uh, whether they're working, and if they are, you know, why that is and can we build on it, where there are gaps, whether that's actually around adoption or we need new standards to address different challenges that we we, uh, are facing in the sector or something else entirely really so it could be quite open we're really interested to know where members think we can best focus our time and effort when it comes to the broad topic of standards hello i'm elizabeth and i head up research and measurement at the iab so my town hall today is about attention in the digital economy uh, and the fact that there's no current consistency in how we measure it or define it So we're asking all the bright minds here today, where do we start about building consensus? Is that even the right thing to do? And whose job is it to sort it out? Because there are so many ways we could go about this. And uh, we want to hear from all of the leadership people here today uh, to find out more about what they think. Uh, Nick Pastel, Head of Industry in the agency team at Meta. Sure. So we had the first uh, in-person VR experience that we did with our Quest headsets. Uh, So we had the people in the room and they experienced uh, VR from our head office in Menlo Park with a short presentation and then uh, a short 360 video um, uh, all wrapped up with a Q&A at the end. I think it went down quite well. Um, It was a lot of people's first experience into VR. Obviously the first time people have seen a presentation in VR, which is obviously a little bit different. Uh, So yeah, the overall consensus was very positive. Back to the delegates as we hear what's resonated most for them at the summit. I think it's always good to see the big picture of stuff and how trends are affecting things. I think the retail side of things is interesting, uh, just generally in terms of what you assume as retail and then the just, I guess, digitization of, of retail and brands, certain things in there that I've never heard of. The Chien, never heard of that, but I'm not a teenage girl. So, uh, but they, you know, you see the growth of things like that and they just have come from nowhere, but obviously have been growing the huge consumer products, ticking the right boxes in terms of. Uh, distribution, attribution, but just you know, the right kind of product uh, for the right kind of audience, which I'm, which I'm not that audience. <laughs> One thing I really like about this sort of summit or event is, um, although we're talking about the industry, we're not necessarily listening to content that's at every event. You know, we the, this event comes out from a slightly different different sort of level. You know, whether it's from the creativity side that brands are, brands are coming to the market. We're, we're not just entrenched in technology. I think a lot of events in this space, you know, we just talk about technology and the challenge. Um, this one, it's like, how can we better the industry? How can we improve the industry? How can we also, you know, from 
how, how can we let the consumers know more about our industry and and what we're trying to do to uh, to make it a safer, more more ethical, more privacy friendly, privacy friendly environment. I loved hearing Benedict's talk this morning and uh, it was just really exciting to see these completely disruptive forces coming into the world that we don't really know who they are. So one of them he talked about was Sheen or Sheen. I don't even know how to say it and neither does he, but you know, my 12 year old is obsessed by this brand, never heard of it. I don't know who owns it. I don't know where it exists. And suddenly I'm inundated with emails because she's put my bloody email address into their database and I get emails every day about patch jeans and summer dresses and she wants one that matches her friends. So it's just brilliant to bring all that stuff to life and to really understand some of these fundamental changes happening right now. Oh, they're all very relevant. I think the uh, part about future of work is really, really important and really relevant. Uh, also, ethical approach to data and sustainability of digital and tech, which is a really prominent topic for us at the moment because something that we say about three, four years ago was all about an environment, but it's, it's very relevant now in the sense that we need to actually do pay attention to how our approach indirectly so impacts the environment the people the emotional state of you know the people that we target so it's all of which are very relevant hello my name's Joni and I also work at TikTok the thing that I found most interesting actually although all of the talks have been brilliant actually this year and I think it's been uh, the quality's been so good the thing that resonated most with me was actually the first speech of the day from John which was him saying that actually the digital industry are creating problems for themselves and I think that we are doing that on an annual basis and just today one of the breakout conversations that we were talking about is the importance of attention and, and the measurement that we should put behind that I think that's a a metric that we're putting on ourselves. We already are the most measured medium in the industry. Why are we now finding more metrics to to kind of hamstring ourselves with? So that's the thing I thought was really interesting, actually, taking a step back and not causing ourselves problems. We spoke a lot about just the the fact that the world in which we live in and and the industry in which we work in um, is is rapidly changing. And and so for, for, for any number of reasons, I think... I think looking at what you, what you did before uh, and just trying to do more of that is, is not going to be the way forward. I think there's there's it, it, innovation needs to be there, but not from a buzzword and certainly not to tick a box. I think it's it's really trying to understand that consumers are changing, and that's been you know that's been enforced by pandemics and wars and regulations and all those sort of things. But but that's true, and so being able to innovate and, and solve new problems with um, with new technologies is, is you know. It's never been more important. So that's really exciting again. It goes back to the other bit. I, I like learning about not just what our company does, but what other people do. It goes back more to, I suppose, like the kind of, the, if you look at macro and micro, the micro, I think about, I was really inspired by the, the idea of the future of work. I thought about my team. I thought about the company that I kind of look, I look after and actually just being much more cognizant of all the challenges that, that individuals have, not just we work two days or we work three days. It's like generally, what's, what, how do you... How do you um, find a balance or a policy that that fits everyone and you, and you take into to account um people's lives and, and, the, and the things that go on outside of the work and find a balance to to, to um to be much more produ- productive there um and it's difficult to not then think about you know if, it, if we talk about the climate change it, it's impossible to not walk away with that without a sense of responsibility like what are the things that i could do and impact from a personal point of view but also from a work point of view so i think it, you know i think you walk away thinking 
change is coming and it's coming from an industry-wide, it's coming from a planet sense, uh, but also, you know, you can affect change on the people on the teams around you. So I think there's, you come away with a sense of responsibility that, you, you know, you can make change in the things that you do. So um, I've really uh, enjoyed, I've enjoyed all of the talks actually, I've found them super inspirational. I really enjoyed the one from Christine Armstrong about the future of work. What really resonated with me on that talk was about how the, the um, pandemic has impacted mothers in particular and women going back to work and I really want to go and listen to the town hall and talk to my peers about how coming back to work and the future of work and what that means for all of us. Actually a lot of what resonated with me was around the new ways of working thinking about how we're taking the teams into again a new world and how we're sort of evolving in a post-covid era or working alongside a covid era um and what that means for our teams what that means for making sure that people are comfortable happy and in the work environment how we're going to deal with that moving forward as leaders um it's a huge challenge and one that we need to face and loved the content that came up and around it Hi, my name's Ross. I work for TripAdvisor in media sales. Super interesting. It's been absolutely fantastic. Great speakers, um, really interesting topics and a nice variety of topics as well. There's been so much information thrown at us. There's a, there's a lot to digest, but I think the uh, session that we had, the breakout session on, on attention, has been really valuable um, and, and something that definitely a conversation that needs to be had uh, with everybody back in the team. And finally, we get the views of leaders on what they think makes a great leader. I think it's anyone sort of innovative and really looking at you know, change. I mean, I guess, you know, sort of Steve Jobs is an obvious one to say, but you look at sort of products he's launched, you know, look at just the iPhone, I think it's saying 2007 has launched and now, again, one of the interesting bits from this morning, 5.5 billion smartphones in the world, 5 billion people. Um, so, you know, fairly innovative when we were pretty happy just making phone calls just before then, so amazing how that digital product's got into everyone's hands and everyone in there I'm sure is listening but they're glued to their phones as well. Well I think today uh, you know there's been a lot of inspiring people actually, actually on stage and um, you know I, th- I think um, some of the content especially the last session is quite humbling um, but I guess I've worked with many many good leaders over the years and difficult to, to pick one but I, I would say it's um, people that push you and challenge you to, to improve yourself um, help you improve the, the environment of your teams. So yeah, difficult to pick one, but um, uh, ma- many great leaders in the industry. I find it really hard to answer questions about leaders because we are all flawed. And I think what I see in the world is people who I work with who are brilliant at some things, but still have deep flaws. So I much prefer to look at individuals and people I work with and know than I do kind of leaders that are put up on a pedestal who, when you come to work with them, are always in somehow, always flawed in some way. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't like to idealise them because every time you do that, they turn out to be Terry Leahy. I can only speak for myself. Um, I've, I've experienced a lot of good leaders. I work with a very very uh, good leader my in, in my current organization my boss but what I think makes a good leader is respect and empathy I think for me that's worked out really well I've, I've climbed out the ranks myself so I know you know I've had good bad somewhat okay leadership that has you know I've experienced and I think what works is giving the other person the equal level of respect and empathy for their for them and what they require is really crucial. Treating another human being with the same respect that you would want to be treated as, I think that's just common sense. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's an interesting one. I, I'll take an analogy from... I'm, I'm, I love my sports, I love my cricket, so I'll take an analogy from a cricket captain, and I'd say the Indian cricket, or the ex-Indian cricket captain, MS Dhoni. 
And I think what I really admired about his value is he not only inspired his team, but a billion-plus Indian cricket fans. And it's the way he led by example, the values he instilled in the team from fitness to mindset, but it was also his ability to... In defeat, he took it. He took all of the defeat on himself. But in victory, he stepped back and let his team take that victory. Um, the amount of stress and pressure he must have been under, he never showed that. And I think the ability to make the right decision at the right time, change a bowler or move the batting order, just seemed to work and bring results. And there was never a case of panic or... You know, we're running behind at the moment or we're behind, what are we going to do? He just, he could pivot plans, make decisions and and uh, keep the rest of the team calm. I actually don't think there is such a, th- a thing as a great leader for all situations. I think it depends on what moment in time you're in, either as a company, as a country, if we're talking about politics. So I think actually it's about having the right leader for the point of time that you're in. So, for example, for TikTok, obviously we're in hyper growth at the moment. So a great leader for us is all about someone that is brave and entrepreneurial and looks at innovation and, and, and doesn't necessarily carry the sort of same trodden path that other people have gone down. I think that actually a great leader is someone that is meeting the requirements of where that business is at. So some people will be all about consolidation and that is a challenge in itself. Other people will be about innovation. So I think a great leader can be lots of different things and it's actually being rightly matched, correctly matched for the challenge that you're dealing with at that time. If I think of people in my head, the, the things that, that resonate for me is there's a sense of integrity and there's a sense of trust. I think once you have that... Um, you can truly lead because people will truly follow you because you feel like what you say, you know, they, they pick up what you put down. Like what, what, you, what you're saying is, is, is what you're going you're gonna to try to do. You can't always do the things that you say you will, but if you're trying to and you stand by your word, then I, I really get on board with that. I think as well, there's, there's just a sense of kind of being humble and, and accessible. You know, for me, I, I really, really like meeting people and, and, and I think um, that sense of that kind of brash leader and like look at me and what I'm doing it never really works well for me so I think I think trust integrity and sort of being human really are the things that that work for me so um, I'm super inspired always by Karen Blackett um, and because there are a couple of reasons is that she's not only is she an amazing leader but also um, there's a great saying which is as a woman, a female leader, you should always champion um, those that are coming up behind you and there's a special place in hell for those of you that don't. Uh, so she is a great example of always throwing down the ladder, um, creating great opportunities for, for women and girls coming through the industry. So there it is, two days worth of exceptional leadership content. If you're at Sopwell House in actual real life, I hope that listening to this episode has helped you relive your own best bits. And if you couldn't make it, I hope it gives you a sense of exactly what went down and perhaps whets your appetite to join us next year in 2023. A massive thank you to all the contributors for sharing their points of view. And of course, to all the speakers, the panellists, the hosts, and not forgetting Leadership Summit sponsors, Critio, TikTok, Lotomy, Nano Interactive, and Triple Lift. Thank you all so much for your support this year. You can find links to the rap film from our two days at Software House in the episode notes, as well as summaries on all the sessions at iabuk.com. 
Thanks very much for listening to this special Leadership Summit edition of the IAB UK podcast brought to you in partnership with Xander, a technology platform powering a global marketplace for premium advertising. We'll see you next week. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.